You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. Well, we're doing a best of CarCast, so uh, look forward to that over the holidays when we take a much-needed rest and vacation. First, I'll tell you about Overcrest Podcast. Automotive journalist Chris Clewell and perpetual optimist Jake Solberg discuss cars, car culture, obscure motoring history, and the changing automotive landscape. Twice a week, they interview industry experts and historical automotive figures that give their commentary on the latest news in the car world. If you like this podcast, then you're going to like Overcrest Podcast. They specialize in deep dives into obscure automotive history. They're both Porsche guys, but are passionate in all areas automotive. So, you like cars. Well, we know you like cars because you're listening. We know you like podcasts because you're listening to a car podcast. Might I suggest Overcrest Podcast. Be sure to check these guys out. Just search Overcrest anywhere you get your podcasts. Get it on, got to get on, I chose but to get on, man, to get it on, and welcome to CarCast. Man, I'm it's Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, over there. Hello. Oh, man, so much to get into. We have uh, updates on uh, Jay Leno, Chick-fil-A, some of you may have heard the news. <laughs> <laughs> some may have heard the news. Let me take a quick second and tell you about Dodge. We all know Dodge means horsepower and muscle, but did you know J.D. Power just ranked Dodge Number one for initial quality, J.D. Power, also named Dodge, the automotive company with the best driver appeal for mass market brands. There's never been a better time to join the brotherhood of muscle. See your local dealer or visit Dodge.com today. We had a uh, we had a pretty wonderful, other than the Chick-fil-A incident, we had a wonderful night with uh, Jay and his uh, people, Jay's uh very, very complimentary toward the uh, documentary. Yeah, um, <clears throat> Shelby American. He's uh, he's a sweet guy, and uh, I've also been around him when he's not liked something. Yeah, and it's not in, you, you he, can tell how he he sort of does. I don't know, not like a backhanded compliment, but kind of a criticism. Like compliment sandwich. He does not have <laughs> he doesn't have a good poker face. Yeah. And he has a little sort of mouth of babes. Like he kind of <laughs> speaks his mind. Yeah. And uh he uh I was with him on the Tonight Show. God, Max Patican looked this up. I'm gonna guess two thousand and uh, two thousand and seven or something. And maybe six. Um Tim Allen made a movie where he like wrote, directed, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and cobbled, you know, g- got a whole bunch of people to be in it. Like somebody I saw it, not good. Somebody said, <laughs> "Hey Tim, you know, instead of getting paid to be in all these Pixar movies and Disney movies and stuff like that, why don't you do your own movie, <clears throat> like raise the money and whatever?" And it's called Crazy on the Outside, I think, and it's a star-studded affair mm-hmm. starring Tim Allen. I want to say, is Sigourney Weaver in it? Yeah, yeah. Sigourney Weaver, yeah. Ray Liotta. Ray yeah. Liotta. And I think he wrote it and directed it himself. He didn't write it, but he directed it. He directed, he directed it himself it. and produced it or whatever and starred in it. 
and it came out, must have been 06, 07, or somewhere in there. And I was, and, and I don't know, Max Pat, what it is on Rotten Tomatoes. It's, it's in the 30s, maybe the 20s. Like, it didn't turn out as funny as, as Tim probably wanted it to turn out. It's at 8%. Oh, 8? 8. eight. Eight. Maybe maybe it hasn't really just taken off yet. Where are the where are the people with 20, it? Twenty eight. Okay, so these are not good signs in the in the comedy department. <laughs> it just hasn't found its niche yet. <laughs> so <laughs> give it a few more years. The critics have it at eight, and the people have it at twenty something. So yeah. this is not good. <laughs> and I was like standing there, and I was doing the Tonight Show when Tim was there to plug that movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was standing in, like, Tim's dressing room, like, talking cars when Jay walked in. <laughs> and, and, like, Tim's like, hey, did you see the movie? And Jay's like, well, I did see the movie. I, I would have, uh, he started with the joke. And he sort of got into it. Like, I, I wouldn't have started with that this joke. Like, it was like he started. I was yeah. like, I want to... I want to like crawl through the heating duct and out the, <laughs> You're like, into the so hall uncomfortable and right now. leave. But it was. It would have been funnier if Tim just go, "Hey, buddy, all I'd ask is if you saw the movie or not." It was, it, you know, Jay threw in a <laughs> Jay threw in a couple like, oh, "Yeah, good stuff, good stuff." But it was pretty clear to me that he wasn't a fan, and I think. The internet has now spoken via Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> so I do know what it's like when Jay isn't a fan. Yeah. And um, he loved Shelby American, and he was really complimentary, and he was explaining. He's like, yeah, you're a really good filmmaker now. You're a good yeah. filmmaker, which I thought yeah. that was so, such a nice compliment. It, it, it was nice. And then also he – He's pretty up to speed on the Shelby story, and he said that he he liked – watching it and learning things he didn't know yet yeah you know it's it's there's always something special in it you know so something new of course and, everything was great except for no chick-fil-a for jay or any of his crew because we just screwed the pooch and uh he did not listen man i gave him my nuggets yeah you gave him <laughs> your nuggets thank god max pata in the 11th hour said throw in the 30 piece nugget yeah which uh seemed to take the edge off at jay but uh no burgers from him or his crew there was an email didn't get forwarded to cabe never did have the conversation there's many <clears throat> there's many ways to sort of uh parse out the the blame <laughs> but i would say in general in general sort of uh circling back to Gabe when he put the key fob on the tire and I ran it over and crushed it. Mm. A simple communication, a simple, hey, here's where or what. A simple, see, here's the problem. It's sort of like, <clears throat> I remember one time, I remember the, the only time, <clears throat> the only time I've really, really, been angry at Mike August. Like the only time I was really, really pissed. Like I've been frustrated by Mike August a few times. I've been perturbed, baffled, mostly baffled. <laughs> but the only time I was just shit. I was so, I was so pissed at him. Yeah. At the Heathrow Airport, that later on, when he had announced that he would lost his expensive jacket or left it on the plane or it fell off his luggage, I said, good. That's how angry I am at you. <laughs> the only time I wanted to really choke him is when we landed 
at the Heathrow Airport. Now, what what happened was is you can't get through customs with like where where's your itinerary? I had no idea. And Mike, unbeknownst to me, had collected my itinerary and put it in his backpack and had it. And he just took it like and and so the the customs agency was the agent was saying where is your itinerary where's your paperwork where's where and i was turning my backpack inside right, out because you're like, in line to customs he's yeah. in like a separate line or he's right. through already like, or i don't something. i don't know where it is and i'm picking like maybe i left it on the plane maybe i left it you know it's a 12-hour flight you have a few drinks you fall asleep maybe i put it in the maybe it's in the seat in front of me in the back where the guide goes or whatever and he has like the line was building up and, and the guy's like, I'm not letting you come through, you know, and I was there for like a half hour in a big line. And at a certain point, I like waved Mike over and I was like, I lost my itinerary. I can't get through security. I can't get, well, I have to do a show that night, mm-hmm. by the way, like that day. It's like 530 in the afternoon. I'm like, I can't get through. I lost my itinerary. I like, guess I left it on the plane. And Mike goes, oh, I have it. <laughs> and I said, "Where? Why do you have it?" He's like, "You fell asleep, and I I put it in my backpack." And I was like, "Why didn't you give it to me?" And he goes, "Why didn't you ask for it or say something?" Anything. And he goes, "I go, I didn't know you had it." And he goes, "I didn't know you didn't know I had it." And I go, "Well, how would I know you had it? I don't know. How would you know?" Still and baffling. I, I go, <laughs> "Always baffling." Mike, why didn't you? You took it like you took it and put it in your backpack. Fine. This is what happened with your sunglasses with Nate. He took them from where you left <laughs> yeah, yeah. them. He took it and put it on a upper black shelf in the back of his office where no one, you'd be sure not to find it. And it's like, I was keeping it for you. You were? Because yeah. I, I, I've never seen tell? it. You searched the fucking warehouse three times. Yeah. So Mike I asked kept, everybody about Nate because Nate wasn't in the office. Mike, Nate was like out of town. Mike kept saying to me, I kept saying, why didn't you give me my itinerary? He kept saying, why didn't you ask for it? And I kept screaming, I didn't know you had it. That's why I didn't ask you. And he's like, how do I know what you know? (laughs) (laughs) I love that one. (laughs) Fucking idiot. So (laughs) I didn't know the key fob was on the tire because Lynette said it was in the cup holder. And I didn't know we'd ordered nothing for Jay Leno or his group. But I'll tell you who did know we ordered nothing for Jay Leno and his group, Gabe. Gabe. So Gabe could have said, I don't know if you're planning on bringing nothing, but I do know there's we have nothing on this order for Jay, Jay Leno or, and yeah. or his possible crew. Now, people kept saying to me, why didn't you bring it up or why didn't you give the list or why didn't you? Because I, in my world, whether it's Gabe or Mike August, you would immediately say something to me if we're just leaving to Jay Leno's shop and we have nothing for Jay Leno. Right. And if you, in fact, had my travel itinerary that I needed to get through security, you would surely bring it up to me when we we're walking off the plane, not ask me, how do I know what you know? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or even a confirmation heading out the door. Here's the Chick-fil-A. Here's the address. I ordered three sandwiches and two things of nuggets. We would have went, hmm, doesn't sound like enough. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. that was the uh, controversy. But the moral of the story is, is I guess don't fall asleep on a transcontinental flight with your itinerary <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah. And if you're going to Jay Leno's, get a list, check it twice, 
check that box and go ahead and re- re- idiot proof everything because ultimately yeah. you shall be the one who's either standing in customs or standing at Jay Leno's kitchen going, <laughs> Jay going, there's no more sandwiches. There's no the sandwiches there's no, here. There's in the Meanwhile, bag. you and Mike August were already two bites into the only two sandwiches in there going, well, I don't know what to do now. I'm already into this sandwich. I'm like, well, here's some grilled nuggets and then here's the 30 piece. And, and for some reason, the bag was full of fries. I don't know how we got like six orders of fries and no sandwiches because the bag was big. It was huge. It was heavy. It felt like it had nine sandwiches in it. Everybody got a lot of fries. A lot yeah. of fries. There was fries left over. I just think, nobody I, really I, wanted them. I think there was sort of a throw in some extra fries. You didn't order fries. I didn't order fries. I just said I wanted plain grilled nuggets. But because you saw the bag when I got in the car, the bag was overflowing out of the top. And I and I asked them because you guys said I don't go to Chick Fil A. And you guys were like, you got to ask for the sauces. So I was like, give me the sauces. The guy said, what kind? I said, give me everything. Yes. <clears throat> I don't know. We got to look at the picture of the receipt now, Max. Bad. I'm trying to figure out how many fries we ordered. Yeah. Now it's a little it confusing. It felt like it was, it was a big bag of stuff, right? Because you couldn't, you could barely hold the handles at the top. And uh, <laughs> needless to say, throughout the night, Jay brought it up. Three times throughout the night. Beginning, uh, middle, and end. Yeah. And his guy was just like, it's okay. It's okay. I, I'm going to go home and eat dinner with my wife anyway. We're like, well, the, the movie's two hours long. And he's like, oh, well, she, she, might, she might be up. She might be waiting. <laughs> so I'm seeing uh, you guys got two spicy sandwiches. Uh, no, three spicy chicken sandwiches for uh, Adam, August, and Nate. One grilled nugget for Matt. One nugget, one thirty-piece nugget, and four four large fries. Four large, and I guess the four large was that's an extra because I you didn't order fries, right? And I matter of fact, I even said I want plain grilled right, right. nuggets, you're nothing the, else. You're on the carb diet, yeah. That's kind of so interesting. There's, extra that fries. there's an extra bag of fries on there. Hmm. All right. Well, anyway, <laughs> oh, maybe the fries came with a thirty-piece nugget. That was the extra. Seems weird. I feel like the thirty, the bucket of thirty nuggets is a la carte. That feels yeah. a la carte to me. But who knows? Yeah. All right. Anyway. Yeah. Well, uh, so Adam, you called me that night saying, "Very rarely are you utterly humiliated." This is one. This of the, was this embarrassing. Is a rare case. That was embarrassed. Uh, and Matt, I'm sure you were embarrassed. Nate too. But Mike August, you've you've mentioned he has zero nerve endings. What, no, he was fine. He never he? brought it up again. <laughs> <laughs> Even in the car, it was a non-issue. He was fine. He was full too. That was nice. <laughs> he enjoyed his sandwich. <laughs> so the uh, <laughs> the Jay loved the movie. He ate enough fries and nuggets. Thank God, Max Pat a tuck topped off the 30 bucket yeah. of nuggets and that's what jay ate oh by the way for the future jay's sandwich is the plain not the spicy okay yeah noted yeah, <laughs> yeah and, uh, sent him over a gift certificate exactly. <laughs> you sent him a gift card you sent him a chick-fil-a gift card yeah 100 bucks I, I guarantee he will use every cent of that card yeah well, certainly him and his crew uh gordon murray's got the t50 hypercar and that's the one i see on bruce kenapa's uh list Oh, uh, yeah. A website. You, I don't know if so you this put is, those two together. Yeah. So I talked to Bruce about multiple cars. There's been an image released of the T50. Oh, there is. Yeah. And it's just this kind of rear shot. And the reason why is he said a couple of things about this car. Tell One, us who Gordon Murray is. So Gordon Murray is the, the guy from McLaren that did the, the McLaren F1 mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and, and racing cars. And, and, 94. Yeah. 
Um, and uh, oh, and I gotta send a fucking gift certificate to Leno. <laughs> Leno bought his McLaren F1. They paid like uh, I don't know six fifty, seven twenty five. Yeah, maybe they gave it to me. That car's thirteen million dollars. <laughs> yeah, right. Or thirteen to seventeen. Like it depends on what trim you got. But I mean, that car from the mid nineties that Jay paid under a million for is sixteen million dollars yeah and, and that's without a hundred dollars worth of sandwich card somebody go to the mailbox in uh, yeah. front of jay's place and, right. and wait for the mail guy so it's so what's interesting about this car is one going to be very very lightweight i think it's like three thousand pounds or less uh the second thing is it's a three-seater you'll sit in the middle uh, again like, it's got the two seats backwards a little bit and then, back, oh, back, yeah, kind Not of backwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back. I'm sorry, back. back. Yeah. Just kind of, mm-hmm. you know. I guess right. you know, Staggered. so you don't you don't hit your elbows against yeah, those yeah. guys. Yeah. And I think it was F1 that tested. I don't know if it was Gordon Murray's design, but uh, and I believe it was. Was he wanted to use a fan to create downforce? There were side skirts on the race cars. That would uh, almost like a hovercraft, and would use fans, and uh, it never uh, got approved for racing because they said, "Well, what if the fan fails or the side skirt breaks off? Then the drivers would lose downforce and become immediately dangerous." But in yeah. the streetcar world, they raced them. Yeah, I, a it wasn't. Bit. A, it was probably tested. I know it wasn't approved. Um, you are talking about a kind of can am car that's uh god the guy's out of texas god shadow not shadow fuck who made those 60s uh fan cars with the big wing on the back and they they raced them in a couple of it wasn't mclaren and it wasn't shadow and it chaparral? was chaparral 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 yeah yeah chaparral so your brain works shadow <laughs> yeah. yeah chaparral and they made a few of those fan cars, and they were in a few races. Yeah. Then okay. they probably outlawed I, I don't know if it was Gordon Murray's design, but his – so what he's doing on his street car, he's saying there's a fan we're going to use. There's a fan in the back. There's vents through the car, as you would imagine, and then it's – the, when the fan works, it sucks air from underneath the car. And, you say and vents through, through the car, through the bottom of yeah, the Yeah, through the bottom of the car, through the sides of the car. But the fan here, we're looking at a graphic of, of the arrow. When the fan is on, it can create downforce by pumping all that air out the back of the car. The fan can also be used for cooling benefits. And it, what we've seen conventionally is we use wings to create mm-hmm. downforce, but mm-hmm. wings cause drag. Right. So he's saying, I can create downforce and eliminate drag. So I can go for a high top speed and create downforce when needed, and the car with computers and stuff and all the technology we have now can determine when you need it and what you need. Very right? so, interesting. So it's it's kind of cool. I think the car is going to be like 2.6 million bucks. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's 20 of them or 50 of them. 100 road cars. Is it? Is that, oh wait, hundred road cars, twenty five track, twenty five okay. track cars, and uh, so it's an interesting design. And so he only sort of released the um, this one photo. What I also found was interesting was the engine. I believe is a four liter. Chris could verify. I want to say four liter V twelve from Cosworth. That's going to spin at least ten thousand RPM. Maybe it's. 
twelve. Yeah, let's. Cosworth. Let's, so it's going to be a four cam, four liter, small pistons. You know, small displacement on a, for a twelve cylinder. Mm-hmm. Um, Ferrari. You know, famously had a lot of small displacement V12s. Um, Probably in the 650 horsepower range. <clears throat> you think it's a flat 12 or you think it's a V12? Oh, that I don't know. I think yeah. maybe just for size. So Cosworth 3.9 liter V12 producing 650 horsepower and revving to over 12,000 RPM. Wow, that thing's going to sound great. It's going to sound crazy. And so, you know, Mercedes AMG has their Project One or whatever they're calling it. And the engine in that is about 100 RPM less, but it's derived, basically pulled right from their F1 uh, mm. engineering team. They're putting it into a new AMG supercar. Mm. So both of these cars are going to sound like crazy F1 cars. There's nothing high, better. High revving. Nothing better than naturally aspirated with lots of, I mean, I mean, you know, obviously car that redlines it eight grand is high, 12, whatever. Oh, yeah. Insane. Yeah. yeah. Imagine putting a six motorcycles in line <laughs> well, that, and hearing I, those things wind out. I was talking to Bernard about his side hat. Yeah. Uh, he has a, God, is it a Kawasaki or a Yamaha engine in there that does 14, Yeah, I think. But that's one liter. You know, that's one liter, four cylinders. So this is... Obviously, if it was 12, it'd be three liters. This is 3.9, so it's yeah, bigger. a little bit bigger. A little bit bigger. Well, give me a second to tell you guys about Dodge. We all know Dodge means horsepower. Sure, man. That didn't got a Hemi. But did you know J.D. Power just ranked Dodge number one for initial quality? J.D. Powder, sorry, Power, also named Dodge the automotive company with the best driver appeal for mass market, mass market brands. So, Number one initial quality and appeal in the same year. Unprecedented, I tell you. It's the first time a domestic automotive brand ran away with both awards in the same year. With enough style, horsepower, and performance to make your muscle car dreams come true, it is no wonder. There's never been a better time to join the brotherhood of muscle. See your local dealer or visit Dodge.com today. Uh, Yeah, so I was talking to Bruce and uh, Bruce Kennepa, and I was noticing on his website that he's a dealer for this new T50 or five, what is it? A yeah, T50. T50, and has probably taken orders or deposits or whatever. I don't know what the timeline is. It makes sense that Bruce be that guy. Yeah, I, well, the fact that Bruce is already on board and is going to be one of the dealers, uh, I think I read for the 100 cars that a lot of them are already – spoken for i don't know mm-hmm. how that works deposit wise or just a list or or you know some application you have to fill out uh but uh i don't know that they're all gone so uh get your wallets ready yeah the canopy group will be the official importer for the new murray car and be responsible for all aspects of customer service including sales repairs maintenance and warranty work send them over a chick-fil-a gift card and see if that's enough i mean i know to get it's on not the list a, yeah but yeah, bruce just, and i have a relationship yeah i mean just to get on the list um, I was talking to him about the. By the way, if we get off the list, we want the gift card back. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about the. I was talking about the GTP Nissan he has over there for yeah. sale. Uh, I was talking to him about an. I think it was a seventy four RSR Porsche that had done a lot of winning 
in uh, in Europe over there. Um, I think the RSR was like 2.4 million and the GTP Nissan was like 1.5, very 1990 NPT 90, uh, very winning Nissan. Uh, Nissan forgot that people, Nissan and Toyota for that matter, and Jag, you know, they had a sort of GTP war in the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s, and a lot of famous guys drove a lot of those cars famously fast yeah and that's a cool looking car except for the kind of weird looking snorkel snorkel it's sort of this submarine periscope that's coming up on the side Mm -hmm. and uh it's it's a little interesting but uh it's a cool piece it is a cool car and uh they haul ass and it's also a car that formally sort of i would put it in the this is from 1990. It's sort of reminiscent of uh, my 300 ZX um, Clayton Cunningham car. Yeah, the ones that all have the turbo V6s in them. Mine has a Infinity V8 in it. But formally, those cars were considered not vintage and kind of complicated and didn't really have a place mm-hmm. like in in a collection. Or at a vintage event. They were just considered sort of technological cars that had... It, it, it's kind of funny because the old cars, like if there was a Mercedes Goldwing with some race history, like everyone got that car. I understood it. In the, the collection in the vintage world, you know. And if there was... uh a 69 boss Mustang that had a bunch of trans am history. Like people understood that. Yeah. Like they kind of understood all the unibodied stuff. And of course, anything Porsche, whatever. And then they got into the tube frame stuff into the like nineties and the mm-hmm. GTP stuff. And then lots of turbos and lots of cooling and lots of computers and lots of fiberglass. Right. And people looked at that and went, that's not a goal wing. Like this <laughs> right. is not, this is not a vintage car. This is a, piece of outdated technology right so those cars didn't seem like collector cars or vintage cars they seem like old technology it's sort of so like what we did with the space shuttles like we retired it and you kind of look at it and you go it's not old and it's not new yeah and it worked pretty good at the time but we're kind of done with it yeah like yeah. But how much would it cost to go out and launch it you know like (laughs) yeah for fun who's going to maintain that thing so that's where those cars were a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, they're not there anymore. Somebody's decided these cars have a history. And there are guys who are like, I will go down to the track and I will bring that car and I will drive that car. And, and now the rules are allowing that, right? These cars are getting old enough that you can start to do some vintage racing with them. And then, like, you know, to your point, there was a time not too long ago where how many times did we see uh, a stock car, some really cool uh, NASCAR stock car go across the block at Barrett-Jackson and not really pulling money. And you're like, oh, well, why not? It's a cool piece. There's a lot of history there. And everyone's like, well, what do you do with it? Right. And now there's there's more. You, now that they're old enough, you there is cool stuff you can do with it. Yeah, so... And thus, the prices go through the roof. Now, well, that's ev- why they're on Kenpa's website. <laughs> everybody, everybody understands the '74 RSR. That's unibody. That's vintage. That's Porsche. Yeah, that's yeah. you know, that's it's a cool looking piece. I've probably had that guy in my race 
feel like if that guy was in my race, there was a bunch of green Porsches that looked exactly like it that have been in my yeah. race before. But um, the new one is the GTP Nissan and that kind of stuff. And uh, I am glad I got that Cunningham car because it's kind of the same difference. Yeah. That car and the Porsche up there, that looks great. I just posted a couple of pictures on uh, on my social media of your uh, of Newman, uh, your 911S, your 74 911S. Right. Which with, with the big body work and stuff on it, the big flares on it, that's a badass car. And, and I don't remember if I recall posting many pictures, but we've talked about it a few times. So I was like, hey, by the way, here's the... The new Newman Porsche, new to you, new to the collection over here. <laughs> yeah, and I'm uh, now very intent on driving it because I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of people about how satisfying those cars are to drive. And Well, you got a chance to like kind of look through the book and look through the history and study the photos and figure out what's right on the car and what needs to be updated. And, and now it's becoming very, very interesting as a, as a piece worth driving. And it's pretty close to being ready, like... Yeah, Sean is, uh, as we speak, was at the uh, other shop sort of putting the dash back to as it was. Um, I don't know. There's certain parts of a car that for me are important and in a vintage sense. And um, dash is one of them. Yeah. I don't like a modern dash in a vintage car. I like it as, as it was. And thankfully, we have some pretty grainy black and white pictures of that car and that dash. Yeah. But, um, and it got updated as the years wore on, but Sean is putting it back to as it was. It's funny you mentioned that because some of you guys might ask, like, how do you do it? How do you go back to the way it was? How do you know? It, that's it. You grab some old photos and a magnifying glass and you try to figure out what's going on. And, mm-hmm. and, and that's the only shot you have at doing it. And, and the entire, uh, uh, a Apple computer Porsche 935 that you want to recreate. It's just a, a storyboard of of photos of the car in various states at various races and pictures and and whatnot just to try to piece that thing together as well. Yeah, I'm just making a note here because uh, Dave Stone, a guy we do some racing with, uh, sent me sent me an email of a bunch of just old pictures on ebay and there's like paul newman's lounging around at lime rock or something and then one of them was oh it was a picture of the apple car like Mm -hmm. just stuff just floating around out there and i owe him a omen email yeah Uh, yeah. all right first i'll tell you about geico do you own do you rent your home well you do one or the other you work hard enough how about you do a little bundle Bundle with GEICO. Make it easy to bundle the homeowners and renters insurance along with your auto policy. Uh, It's a good thing, too, because you got enough to do. You're busy these days. Save a bunch of money. Go to GEICO.com. Get a quote. See just how much you could save when you visit GEICO.com and get to bundling. Um, So the new Silverado's out in Tahoe. There's a new Tahoe. There's a new Silverado. The 2021 models are out. They'll be available mid-next year. And uh, it's it's kind of what you'd expect. There's a facelift. There's a nicer interior. But the big change that's been l- coming for a while now is an independent rear suspension. What? Yeah. So uh, they're, they're catching it? up. They're catching up uh, with. Uh, uh, well, that's the Silverado, but the Tahoe and the uh, and the and the Suburban or the SUVs that are are uh, are coming out with the. Uh, 
and and three suspensions you get a basically a base coil spring suspension you can get a magna ride suspension and you can get it with the air suspension as well which does some load leveling mm. and uh it you know it's good it looks cool um because you can have uh because you have the independent rear in the back now there's mm-hmm. a lot more cargo space you don't need room for that live axle is there you know so there's uh, I, I didn't know more I, leg room for the third row and uh yeah so I, i'm trying to think of how the independent makes room versus the live rear axle right because the the center section of the rear end can be fixed. It's hard mounted oh, okay. to the chassis. The, it the, doesn't the dif- need the differential. Yeah, the differential doesn't need to go up and down, uh-huh. and an entire axle doesn't need to go up and down. Right. So you can mount the uh, the basically the differential. You can mount it up high near mm-hmm. the chassis, mm-hmm. and you can use half shafts to, to maybe go down a little bit uh, toward the suspension, and then the suspension on uh, on control arms can can kind of swing up and down so it's yeah. really most of the the movement if you if you imagine because the uh, center section is oh, is fixed yeah, we're looking at it yeah i i just i never really thought about the virtues of of the live versus the ind- i always like independent obviously mm-hmm. cuz it's 2000 and goddamn 20 so we should <laughs> yeah, have well, an independent yeah this 2021 i mean it's out next but, year but but it always drive me oh i'm a hammy i like a cuda guy yeah okay <laughs> you like the leaf springs and yeah. drum brakes and live rear axles okay but my point is this um I never thought of it in terms of space saving, and now I do. That's a big difference. And when the suspension goes up and down now, it's all of the up and down is, for the most part, out at the wheel. Right. 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 Awesome. And I tell you, um, interior is a big upgrade on these, too. I I used to be very staunchly against most American products, like – I remember as a 13-year-old, maybe 14, my best buddy, Chris Bohm, mom just brought a, bought like a brand new, like 78 Mustang. Like mm-hmm. It was like brown or something. And I was like, ugh. Like I remember being 13 going, Oof. I remember being 13 going, yeah, Barbara, why'd you do it? You know, like, <laughs> come on, girl. Like, you don't have money. You know, why are you buying yeah. this? And it's funny because his like, his 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 sister had a like a Chevy Monza that they bought new like like in the dullest drums of the American car you know seventy seven seventy eight seventy nine they were to buy a new Chevy Monza or a new Mustang yeah. and I'd be like ah oh. and it was such a piece of shit you know and you know like at that time you could have got a uh, a VW Rabbit that like had much more room and was much funner to drive and it was about the same price point and the Rabbit had been around for about four or five years by that point. They've sorted out a few things. Interior looked a little Euro, yeah, you know, okay. and it, and it's like, and I'm trying to think like, I'm trying to be, you know, I'm trying to think there was, you know, Nissan or Datsun had a couple offerings. Toyota had a couple offerings, you know, they weren't any great shakes, but mm-hmm. I was like, why the Mustang? <laughs> and of course, it just was built like shit, was falling apart. And, and I, and I used to be like pretty much, and then, then it just went from, I mean, you have to understand my youth is like, um, 
AMC Matador, Chrysler Cordoba. Yeah. You know, it's like it's just these junky big boats, and then and then the Mustang, and even the Vet was junk back then, and all the stupid pacers and just a novelty yeah. junky American whatever. Late seventies. What do we have? A Trans Am. Yeah, yeah, probably had, yeah, a, yeah, probably had a Trans Am, but that w- had trouble getting out of its own way. <laughs> and then there was like, and and then it then it, then Lee Iacocca was like, "I got the K car. We're coming back. America's back again." And the K car's a piece of shit too. <laughs> and then it gave way to like all that Chrysler stuff that was shitty in the convertibles and LeBaron convertibles. And, like, and, and so you have to understand that from age eleven to like age. 30. I was like, it's all junk. It's a terrible it's, time for you. It's a terrible time for me. It's a worse time for America. <laughs> I was like, everything that comes out of Dearborn, everything that's made in the United States is just fucking junk. And so I was immediately Z car, Datsun mini trucks, you know, 510s, Roadsters, you know, just whatever all the time. Toyota. Uh, Land Cruiser, Toyota 4Runner, like whatever. It was all like Toyota, Nissan, Nissan, Toyota. And also, I used to get, I didn't get, I'd go to my mom's house and take her Consumer Reports magazine. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hey, man, I got to buy a used pickup truck. And I got 1300 bucks, and I can't afford to have that thing break down. Like, I don't have any money. And I'd be like 25 and I'd go through consumer reports and I'd look at the stars like like I think it was, hey, uh, Max Pata, see if you can find consumer reports like small pickup trucks, you know, circa 1988, 87 you know, 86 or whatever. Yeah. And I'd look at them and it was Toyota would always be on top. Just like five red full dots, you know? Yeah. And then underneath it would be like Nissan, be like three full dots and two circles. You know, you'd get down to like Chevy love or Ford, whatever. And it'd just be (laughs) black circles, like half filled in black circles, like a couple of black circles. Other like black dots filled in. So you weren't in for your precious rampage. (laughs) <laughs> Back in the day, don't you ever besmirch <laughs> the the good name of the Shelby Dodge Rampage? I would I would drive it now. Ironically, <laughs> by the way, Sean knows a lot about cars. That's his favorite pickup truck, <laughs> of course. So, yeah, that so the Nissan trucks, the Datsun trucks, you know, like mini truck, long bed. Yeah, so I would like look at that stuff, and I'd go, well, I can't really afford a Toyota. Because the Toyota trucks were another five hundred bucks, you you know whatever it was, they're a couple bucks more. Like they were just a little more expensive, five years old or eight years old or whatever. But the Nissan is almost as reliable, yeah. and I can get it for eight hundred bucks cheaper. And so I just sort of got the Nissan. Yours was a manual. Oh yeah. How everything was manual how, all the time. How does a guy your size, your height, drive a regular? Standard cab, manual, Datsun pickup truck. Um, I I had a seventy nine. Like the knees must be way out to the like hitting the door and everything, the shifter. Everything was always manual, and because a friend had one, a, a little bit later version. I had an eighty four and an eighty four Nissan, 
and I had a 79 Datsun, and they just had a bench seat with no headrest. Yeah. And and it was if I had a headrest, I don't know if I could have drove the car. I mean, my head was against the the rear window pretty yeah. much, and the whole bench would just you know slide forward and slide right. back. Right. And I just pushed myself into that car. I wasn't that comfortable, and it wasn't very safe. But I put a put a lumber rack on it at some point. Uh-huh. Did a add a leaf in the back, and uh, fucking drove that thing into the ground. Just drove that thing all over the place. Yeah. And uh, and you know they never broke on me, and they, they never never, break. Ne- never gave me a hard time. And I'd be going up, I'd be going up Laurel Canyon. 10 sheets of plywood on that rack, man. <laughs> Fucking bumper dragging in the back. I have to drop it into... <laughs> that that leaf really worked. <laughs> well, later on, it broke. It, uh, later on, it came off and, and ripped the tire up when I was on the 405. <laughs> but it's a, a story for another day. But I'd have to drop that thing in a second, like... And yeah. it pegged, you know? Yeah. And that thing would just fucking go. Yeah. It just, like, kept going. Like, I piled it... I Nowadays, piled, there'd be a line of cars all behind you. All oh, off. I'd be like, I, 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 it was like the Grinch's sled. I would pile that thing <laughs> up, man. And, and, I, and it would always work. Yeah. Like, it always worked. And so I never was down with any American anything. I was like, this stuff's all junk. I remember it from my childhood and it's still true today. And I've turned the corner. I mean, they're coming out with a lot of good product now. They've come around. Yeah. And by the way, this wasn't me. This was them. They were just coming out with bad product. And it wasn't, it was an inferior product. And now they're back. Yeah. And it's good. It's good. It's more competition and more, more stuff. No pictures of consumer no. reports. The best way you guys, if you buy, buy the whole year of magazines on eBay for 30 bucks, but nobody's. Th- that's funny. Anything. Consumer reports does that. Plus, it wasn't anything online back then. Even their websites no, now, you have to. No one a like paywall. no one shoots a picture of a page from the like used truck page and just posts it or anything. No. Can't can't say that was a very popular search. What's wrong with this country? <laughs> the, the eighty-eight mini truck consumer reports. What are you guys? I mean, just looking at porn. I mean, what's, where's the consumer? <laughs> That's stuff? all behind a paywall too. Jesus, <laughs> it, I, I'm confused by the internet because this was ubiquitous to me. Like they would they would rate toaster ovens they would rate cars they would rate blenders and my mom would look at it all now not that my mom ever purchased a new version of any of it but she was at the any of it but if she was at the yard sale and saw the blender that did well in the consumer report she would then get that blender she would used. get it she wouldn't just point it out and go that's a good blender <laughs> and keep probably <laughs> tipped her cap at a few blenders yeah. hey. but if it was under eight dollars everything my mom bought was at a yard sale Everything, everything in my house was was used. Every plate, every mug, every glass, every fork, every rug, sofas were taken from the curb. Your entire place was furnished on. with pocket change. I didn't even. A lot of stuff was just shit from the alley that my mom shoved a sheet in after she dusted it off and like brought it in. Like a lot of. Did you guys have so, a lot of bed bugs. <laughs> My mom didn't have my mom didn't have a bed. No, I my mean from my a mom couch had a mattress. Or a my mom had a mattress on a on a plank floor. She slept on the floor on a mattress on the floor. My stepdad slept on a weird sofa bed thing that kind of had the weird pillow, and you'd throw the pillow off, and then it turned into like a bed on casters, but it yeah. wasn't a bed. Oh, I never thought about this. <laughs> my sister. 
my sister's room was so small that my grandpa built her like a loft and they put a mattress on there. Oh, yeah. Four human beings. Oh, my dad had a mat. Four humans in a house. Yeah. No box springs. No. Oh, for box springs. Do you know that there were no box springs? My mom slept on the floor in a mattress. I slept on a mattress, weird cot mattress thing, like on a service porch. My sister slept up on a weird loft with a mattress on it. My stepdad slept in his room on a on a couch, a converted couch, not a pullout bed, but just like a couch where he threw the big pillow off and he just laid on top of it. No, no box springs. The box spring is how they get you. <laughs> you know how many? <laughs> really stick it to the man. And out of three adult families living in the San Fernando Valley, grandparents, father, mother, all living in separate freestanding dwellings in the San Fernando Valley, zero garages, zero dryers, clothes dryers, uh-huh. one washing machine. And in, then, in, in the modern era, in the modern era. And you slept like upright in a wardrobe, like a vampire? Like, where did you fit everybody? I <laughs> just opened the two doors, Adam's in there sleeping. I slept on a. Mike s- August stealing your shit. I slept on a his bag. service porch with a water heater in my room. Uh huh. And a washing machine, no dryer, and the meter, so that the meter man would come into my room and read the service <laughs> meter, the electric meter from inside what my room. What kind of cancer was that thing giving you? I don't know. I had a meter, I had a washing machine. People are worried about cell phones, meter. not with a meter next to their head. There's That's a reason meter. why they put those things outside. It was outside. <laughs> we brought the outside inside yeah. by putting uh, a two-by-four roof. Yeah. With no insulation and no drywall, just a two by four roof with, um, with, uh, with, uh, oh God, what was it? It was roofing, rolled roofing, like yeah, okay. asphalt roof paper. Said, had uh, a two by four roof with uh, no insulation, no drywall, just two by fours and a piece of plywood up there. It wasn't plywood, it's like one by eight or something. Okay, yeah. And then rolled asphalt, a rolled asphalt. Roof. You yeah. can see my room. My room is a shed that's in the back, stuck yeah, in the no, back of my house. That's where you put a rake, not a person. <laughs> that's right. It was a shed. It was, it was a where you store a lawnmower. I slept in a shed that was attached to the back of the house, and that's why. So you're saying you had your own room? I had my own room, <laughs> and I had a meter in it because it used to be the outside of the house, and then they built a shed around it and it wasn't permitted or anything. Cause I would have never let you build a, the fucking meter into the fucking house. When you got a motorcycle, did you park it in there with you? I got a motorcycle. I mean, you were out you later were, on when I moved yeah. out of that house. Yeah. And then I, then I lived in a Living garage. A good life. <laughs> Living in the garage. <laughs> Find me another shot of that shed. Max <laughs> Pat. I'm going to get depressed. By the way, that's after it was fixed up. Like yeah. that's after. They added oh, obviously I saw it. I mean, obviously it was, it was sweet then. You were probably out by then. They were renting it to somebody else. That room. They were Airbnb. That, that room thing. was like seven foot by nine foot, but. The first three feet were used up by a closet where the washing machine and the and the meter and the gas the water heater was. So, yeah, you that like a jail cell. That room, whatever it was outside, that was the temperature inside that room. (laughs) There was no insulation. There was no anything. There was no heat. There was no duct for heating or anything. There wasn't any. There wasn't any heat. What if you put the washing machine on? Now, if you look at this picture. 
We'll throw it up on where are we throwing it up? Carcastshow.com? Do that. All right. If you look up, you'll see two by four ceiling joists. Yeah. Is it blue? If you look out, you'll see a big door. That's where the meter guy would come in. If you look to the left, you'll see closet doors. That's where the old washing machine and heat water heater was. And then the rest of the room, which has now been filled up with some shelves and some other equipment and books and junk like that. The rest of the room was my room. This was my room. What's to the right of the door? I slept to the right of the door. I had two foot. Yeah. To, of, of bed. No no box spring. You had a working light bulb. What are you complaining I had a light, about? I had a plain light bulb on the <laughs> ceiling. <laughs> and I forgot there was no heat. Oh, there's no air, but there's no heat because there was no ducting because it was just on a slab with a thing over it. It was outside. Yeah. So the temperature outside was the temperature inside. Yeah. The hot day, be hot. Cold day, be cold. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. That's awesome. <laughs> well done. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Should we discuss my white privilege or should we just move forward here? Cash. I think the point's been made. Geico, do you own, do you rent your home? Well, you do one or the other. You work hard enough. How about you do a little bundle? Bundle with Geico. Make it easy to bundle the homeowners and renters insurance along with your auto policy. Uh, it's a good thing, too, because you got enough to do. You're busy these days. Save a bunch of money. Go to Geico.com. Get a quote. See just how much you could save when you visit Geico.com and get to bundling. Oxnard Levity Live tonight and uh, tomorrow as well, December uh, 13th and 14th. So come on out and say hi. Milwaukee Paps Theater, January 24th and Chicago Park West. It'll be January 25th. And uh, Shelby American, man, go get that Blu-ray. A lot of extras on that Blu-ray. Go to uh, chassis, C-H-A-S-S-Y dot com. Yes. I'll also add the posters for the 24-Hour War and Shelby are available at chassis.com as well. Those are a great little gift and they look fantastic. I've been signing them. They've been selling it. It's been really kind of cool. So get a poster for someone you love. Give it a nice thumbs up on uh, Netflix and 24-Hour War as well. And check out our newsletter. Sign up at adamcarolla.com. And Matt, what do you got? Shift and Steer? Yeah, check out Shift and Steer and uh, follow me at uh, Motorator. Lots of cool park, car parks. And no safe spaces still.com in a theater near you. It's a very good film. Check that out. Very proud of that. Until next time, Adam Carolla for Matt, the Motorator, DeAndrea saying keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. CarCast Show.